Life Audio. Hey, friend, Heather Creekmore here. I'm glad you're listening to the Compared Who Show today. Today, I'm continuing my conversation with my friend, Amy Carlson. Y'all, she's the real deal. She is an expert in eating disorders. She's been a registered dietitian for decades, and she knows her stuff. And today, we are digging into this concept of can we be using the Bible any way we want to support our eating plans? Like today we're going to dig into, is the Genesis story about Eve taking a bite of the apple something we can apply to our struggles with food? I mean, the ways I have seen scripture used in relation to dieting and food messaging is all over the place. Today, we're going to go there. We're going to look at it. What, What's going on with this? Is it okay? Is this healthy? Or is this maybe not so healthy for us? I also want you to listen the whole way through because I made a huge blooper at the end of the show. Normally, I would edit it out, but I was like, you know what? It's kind of funny. I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> so listen for that. The course is open for you to register. The Body Image Freedom Framework course is now up and running on my website, improvebodyimage.com. You can sign up and take that course anytime. Our group coaching actually starts today, today, the day this episode releases. So if you still want to be part of group coaching, I can still get you in. You'll have missed one at the most, but reach out to me, Heather at comparedtohu.me, and we'll see if we can make that work for you. Ministry leaders, ministry wives, that group hasn't opened yet. It starts next week. So reach out if you want to be a part of that. And finally, I am excited to be part of the In His Image Body Image Conference happening in Dallas, Texas, October 14th. If you want to meet me, I hope you'll go check that out. Her registration closes for that conference this week. So check out Wonderfully Made Nutrition. Look for the In His Image Body Image Conference. And I would just love to see you there. Okay, let's get to this good stuff in today's show. I can't wait to hear what you think. If you love it, leave a five-star review. If you have questions about it, drop me an email. I love to hear from you. Let's go. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel His love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone. You've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. And we're going to get right back into it. If you missed the first part of this episode, please go listen to that. We are digging into some of the, oh, I don't know, Amy, did we decide actually what to call it? Like the Christianized disordered eating propaganda we see out there. Oh, I don't know. But we, we've started by um, just kind of looking at 
well, we really didn't make it very far, did we? <laughs> but we we were looking at an email that one of Amy's clients received um, from from a popular Christian influencer. We're not naming any names here. We're not shaming anyone here. We just want to bring to light some of the truth of scripture around some of these messages that even we in the church are muddying up a little bit and and I don't know, potentially maybe doing more harm than good. So we started reading reading this email and I just I just want to um, kind of dig right back into the one we started, Amy, if that's all right. You bet. Um, so she continues by talking about um, the eating plan she chose. And we kind of addressed that a little bit in the last episode, but she lays out like no sugar, healthy carbs, protein, like doesn't include anything she enjoys eating is essentially what this says. And so lists like all the things she's missing eating. And she started to have a pity party for herself, which every dieter can relate to. And then she goes into the scriptures and Amy, I love how you shared last last episode about like the scriptures you were using at the early days of your eating disorder to kind of reinforce Mm -hmm. it. But talking about, I'm more than a conqueror with God, all things are possible. Let the peace of God reign in your heart. Lead us Mm -hmm. not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one Mm -hmm. and how it was Satan coming in and trying to twist God's word, you know, we've got like kind of a garden reflection here and we've got another one of those and (laughs) coming up here in a second. Yeah. But Amy, like temptation, I feel, did we do an episode on temptation? I don't know. We we need to do an episode on temptation. Probably. (laughs) But but like, is that the right word? We're talking about food. Like, like I, I do, I think that Satan can tempt us by distracting us around it. Mm -hmm. But like, can you flesh out what are your thoughts about using the categorization of temptation when it comes to food that is not, and I'm going to say not on what the popular diet plan of the, the, mm-hmm. the decade is right. Because it keeps changing. Right. Cause when you and I were in college, no fat. No right. Fat. Like avocados would have been a temptation. Yeah. <laughs> right? Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think, and I, you said, we'll we'll <laughs> reference the garden here in a minute, but I'm going to, I'm going to leapfrog for a second because I think the word temptation can be used well when we're understanding what Satan was doing in the garden, especially as you know, that he was tempting us um, to choose ourselves over God. Also, Satan attacked God's character. Um, did he really say, you know, that's the language he uses with Eve? Did God really say? Um which I think is the point here. The temptation, I think, is more that the enemy is creating um, this idea of the one tree, <laughs> which is a perfect body and perfect eating, um, rather than the rest of the garden. Mm. And the temptation, if we use it correctly, is to say that the enemy is tempting us to choose self over yeah. God. And however that looks, right? If that's um, over drinking or over eating or over dieting or pursuing something that is so individualistic that we miss God, um, then, then that is a temptation for us. It's a temptation to walk apart from God. And so the idea of God is the enemy is tempting us with food is really to elevate food to, to, it's like, oh, food is, 
it's this beautiful, wonderful thing that God created. He didn't have to create us to eat. And so we kind of miss, we're just like one step off in the idea of temptation there. The temptation yeah. is to choose self over God. And yeah. we do that with chronic dieting and um, elevating a certain food way of eating. Uh, again, especially when we do that real publicly, mm-hmm. uh, this worked for me, it can work for you. Um, we're elevating self, I think, over God. Right. And even, I mean, I'm, I'm going to dig into the garden example here in a second, but even just with what you just said, this work for me, it'll work for you. It's not true. No, it's not true. Right? I mean, I, I just, I feel like that's a thing that comes up for me with clients all the time. And it's like, no, we just have to like kind of stop believing that yeah. because it works for that Instagram influencer. And, and I'm using, I should be using worked in, in quotation marks. Yeah. Right. Right. But but because it changed their body does That's not right. mean it's going to do the exact, you know, I did an episode on exercise non-responders. I don't know if you've looked at any of the science there, but it's fascinating. 20% of, so if you've got a, you've got your little boot camp group with five women, one yeah. of them, if everyone does the exact same thing, one of them's body will not change in the same way as the other four. Yeah. Wow. For sure. Just the way it works. Right. And <laughs> so it's like, but but all the messages out there are saying, do what they do. Yeah. Look, you must be doing something wrong. And yeah. then, oh, yikes. Then we just add scripture onto it. Like, you just don't have enough faith yeah, <laughs> to get right. that body yeah. or to not eat like they're eating or, or yeah. you know, to avoid what they're eating. Let, let's go to the garden one because this one really I found troubling. Um, I, I'm going to, this was something just that kind of flew by me on Facebook. And it, it says this, if there's no first bite, there is no binge. If there's no binge, there's no shame. If there's no shame, there's no hiding. If there's no hiding, there's no continuing to binge. If there's no continuing to binge, there's no weight gain. Mm, I don't know if that's good science. Um, and being trapped back in the bondage of food addiction. The first bite is a killer for us. Look what it did to Eve. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So we are comparing taking are taking a bite of a food and i think she kind of goes on to you know not having that first bite of sugar or the first bite of flour those are the foods that she's kind of um you know demonized here really um but oh there there's this is <laughs> this is troubling on so many levels right so for the first level is this comparison between eating a bite of a food that's not on your plan and <clears throat> what eve did in the garden and the fall right. of mankind okay <laughs> that out for me, Amy. Why are those two things 
different. <laughs> Why is this not a story we can apply to? Well, first of all, <laughs> I suppose a lot of pressure on us as you think <laughs> as humans to to um, follow through with with that. I'm gonna do as we always do our um, our little inbox. No, our little like segue here for a second to say many people struggle with overeating and binging, which is a big deal. It's, it's so, um, takes up mind space and your body. And it is not as simple as saying, Hey, don't binge people who have not binged, who that is not their experience with food. Um, it's sometimes hard to understand Mm -hmm. what happens. And so I deeply empathize and deeply, um, I just am so tender towards women who are binging. I, I certainly was one of them and in part of my long road of eating disorder. And so I know what it felt like to say, I'm not going to binge today. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this. And <clears throat> if I don't eat this food, it won't lead to binging. And so for one, I think there's a, a lot to that. And, and certainly in my sessions, man, we're going to unpack, hey, what are those foods that for whatever reason, the taste of them or your experience as a child with them, mm-hmm. you know, leads to binging, feeling out of control with food. So those are important things in this post, right? Boy, uh, somebody who's binging is hearing, okay, if I don't start with these foods, I must be addicted. If I don't start with these foods, um, then then I can control it too. Mm-hmm. I can do this. And in my experience, that may be true for a while, but that is just another diet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just another, it's it's exchanging one set of food rules for another. It's exchanging one sort of disordered eating pattern for another, which mm-hmm. is to say, I'm going to treat an eating disorder with an eating disorder. I'm going to use restriction to treat binging, mm-hmm. which in my experience isn't helpful. And to align that with the biblical story of Genesis, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's really a disordered uh, sort of view kind of of our role and things. Also, it puts us at some level of kind of godship of um, I'm responsible for this very big thing rather than, again, I was, we talked in the first episode of the with God experience, which is to say, God, you're with me in this, which is what Eve uh, did by not turning to God and saying, hey, you've been walking with me in the garden. Somebody's over here telling me this isn't true with God experience. And so it eliminates the with God experience, which we yeah. very much want to go, God, you're with me in this. How do we, yeah. and I've told you, I've used this example before. Actually, one of the things that I often do as part of a, an assignment for people that are struggling, I've given that example of my client that just said she would sneak in the pantry and her, take her kid's pillowcase and eat his Halloween candy and then say it was gone. <laughs> say she had, and um, she said, so I'm going to throw it away. And I said, well, I wonder if you wouldn't you know, sit at the table Mm-hmm. with a plate with the Lord when nobody's home and eat some of that candy with the Lord. And I, she burst out laughing with me. She, mm-hmm. she busted up uh, and she said, oh, okay. So she texted me a picture with her banana Laffy Taffy and said, eating my candy with Jesus. Uh-huh. And um, I know I've told you this before, but she came back and she said, I don't know what to tell you, but I realize I don't like banana. <laughs> it is kind of gross. <laughs> She said, I had been elevating that like it was, but she said, but I ate that candy and felt no shame. Mm -hmm. I felt no shame in that experience. 
And I giggled with the Lord, like, this is really funny that I've been making this a really big deal. And she said, I I ate about a piece and a half. And I was like, well, that's boring, (laughs) right? The temptation is to hide, which is what Adam and Eve did. Right. And Adam and Eve experienced shame for the first time because they disobeyed. Really, the the only thing God told them. (laughs) They couldn't yeah, do. Right. 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 And, and shame actually is by nature of us being separated from God. Right? right. So the only thing that can cover our shame is Jesus. Yes. And if we're trying to cover our shame through, I'm going to call it food righteousness, but we're going to try right. to cover our shame or try to, because you're right. Like everyone, well, I'm not just, even beyond binging, like even restrictors feel shame if they eat something that they weren't supposed to eat or feel like they ate too much, right? Like, right. I think we all feel the shame around food mm-hmm. and diet culture tells us that we can cover our shame through just getting the rules right or having yeah. more discipline or, you know, whatever the, you know, different things may be. But the only thing that covers shame is Jesus. Amen. Like I yes. can never get my shame to go away simply by not having a brownie, <laughs> right? right? Like, right. like, like, and really what happens in that scenario, and maybe you can fill this in from an eating disorder, like, <laughs> you know, expert perspective. But what really happens to me when I don't have shame over, when I avoid the shame by not eating the thing that is quote unquote tempting me to eat it, right? So I don't eat the brownie. What happens instead of my shame being covered is I fill with this sense of pride, that is really kind of a crazy false, like, what am I proud about? <laughs> right. But yeah. then, but then yeah. why like pride? Like that's like, oh, I've got so much pride. I don't have shame anymore. Like pride never covers shame either. No. Right. So I, I don't, I don't know. Those. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think even what I hear you saying, which is actually so important is that part of the, um, the misconception there is that I have somehow pleased God mm. by restricting. I have somehow. Mm. Um, I've made up for Eve in a way, made up for what she did. She chose that, but I didn't choose that. And so I'm somehow pleasing God, which is theology that is harmful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's harmful that I could please God by this. I know I I had said I I had this awesome quote that I love. And um, this is a a Jewish author. She's a therapist, um, Wendy Mogul. and, And I love what she says. She talks about... Um, when she lectures. So she talks about the idea of moderation, uh, celebration, and sanctification. And she really applies it to a lot of different. This is actually a parenting book. Okay. She talks in here um, about one of her favorite props. And when she gives lectures is she puts a chocolate candy bar wrapper up there and it's called the devil girl choco bar. It's bad for you. Seven evil sins. You know, she goes on to list the sins, delicious taste, quick, cheap buzz, bad for your health. Everyone in class, this is in quotes, everyone in class can relate to the enchanting sins of bad foods. They're usually surprised, however, when I tell them that according to the rabbis in heaven, we humans will have to give an account to God for all the pleasing food that our eyes beheld and we refuse to taste. In Judaism, the purpose of eating is partly to fuel ourselves to serve God, and it's partly to force us to enjoy what God has provided. This means that if you eat a chocolate bar or allow your children to have one, you must say a blessing before you eat it to remind yourself to celebrate its worth. If you eat too many candy bars, 
can't celebrate because they're no longer special. If you eat and feel guilty at the same time, you demean the experience of pleasure mm. and you misspend the blessing. It's not a celebration anymore. Yeah. I use that a lot when I give talks because I think it's so important for us to recognize that there is an aestheticism, a um, sort of a, a leveling of godliness that mm-hmm. the more that I can say no to food, even, you know, we've done an episode on fasting, the more I fast, the yeah. more I, um, boy, she doesn't drink that. She doesn't eat that. She doesn't, um, that there's a hierarchy. The purity uh, culture. A purity sort of thing. culture. We right. did that. Yes. Yeah. Um, right. But this is saying there is a balance, this idea mm-hmm. of um, enjoying food in moderation is biblical. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's this idea. And it certainly was, um, for the Jewish culture for, for, I mean, centuries and centuries and centuries to say that, that God has given us this food both to enjoy and to fuel us in order to do what he's calling us to do. Again, that's language I want to be careful to use, but it's just, it's, it's sort of only doing the one part, which is to mm-hmm. say, I'm going to, um, use moderation, which quickly jumps to restriction. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so important for us to recognize, um, again, if we, like we said before, to what end of his glory, what end are these food rules, right? right? What it's, it's not to be fueled and to celebrate God's goodness. It's for my own goodness and glory. Yeah. Okay. So what about the person who says, you know, this, this language gets meddy, but like, but I just, I need boundaries. Like if I have this in my house, I'm going to eat too much of it. Like what about boundaries? Boundaries are healthy. Like just from an eating disorder perspective or well, <laughs> from your perspective of working with people <laughs> with eating disorders is really what I would have meant to say there. Like, 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 is there, is that the right approach or is there something deeper that needs to be dug into rather than just keeping the chocolate out of the house? Yeah, I would say both. And so it is not unusual for me in working with a client who's struggling with binging to say, man, every time I have, you know, a bag of Doritos in the house, I eat the whole bag of Doritos and I Mm -hmm. I go into a trance and I eat the whole bag of Doritos Mm -hmm. and I don't know. Sorry, I didn't. Doritos, not calling you out, but, um, (laughs) but I'll say, let's not get the Doritos for Mm -hmm. a while. Not because Doritos have, have a bewitching power or a certain chip or a certain food has that but because one of the things I want to see is it just that food that mm-hmm. for whatever reason we can explore that together or is will it just navigate to the next food? And that helps reveal something about our attachment in that moment. So then what we tend to look at is, you know, what's happening around that? What's happening before that? Is there, are you getting enough to eat during the day? And, you know, are, is there restriction involved? Um, when I say, Hey, are you okay with us just not getting that? I mean, you don't need those to live. So are you okay with not getting that for a while? Sometimes what will come up is panic. And then I explore that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's to say, I just can't eat those, I think is unhelpful. Mm -hmm. To say, I'm not going to put those in my pantry for a while because I want to explore what else is going on is a different gentle approach. Mm -hmm. Um, To say, I I just can't have those. I just can't have those. We're just missing kind of the story. And sometimes you just need help to explore those with somebody to say, I don't know what's happening here. Um, A lot of times it's a scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's also a lack of enjoyment with your food overall. Mm -hmm. Um, What you're doing is trying to quote unquote, eat so healthy um, around meals. I'm just going to eat perfectly. I'm going to eat healthy and there's no real taste enjoyment. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times those foods that we tend to str- quote unquote struggle with are just, 
our body's like, oh, I really want to taste something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Hold so, me out here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we might work on, hey, let's work on the meals you're preparing. How can we make those really tasty and yummy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my good. opinion, add goat cheese to anything in that one. <laughs> 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 with the cranberry wrapped one that Aldi has that. Oh, yeah, it's good. Um, Amy, last thoughts kind of as we close up here. We didn't we didn't get through a ton of these, but I think the ones that we captured probably, you know, they might symbolize a lot of what we see yeah. go by. We we see a lot of scripture verses go by that, you know, <laughs> yeah, that are are used to, you know, boost our dieting efforts. Yeah encourage us to be better restrictors for the glory of God, those kind of things. Like what final thoughts as we wrap it up? Yeah. I think you just articulated what my final thought was. Okay. Just said it, which was to, no, I'm <laughs> so glad. No, I, we're always thinking on the same is that most of this language that we're seeing on posts is um, in order to restrict, mm-hmm. right? It's in order to eliminate certain foods and you alluded to it earlier that, you know, pick your decade and that food will, will be different. But I think what's really in, in a, an interesting thing, and I had shared with you that I read some of these posts to my daughter anonymously, of course, like didn't give a thing who they were, who is 23, is grown up in my house with normal eating. And, you know, I made chocolate chip cookies every Friday for my kids to come home to after school and, um, you know, donuts on the way to soccer practice, as well as every vegetable in the world they ate here. And, you know, she's just a very normal eater, uh, quote unquote, right? What is right? Just a very intuitive, normal eater. She does not have a dieting mindset. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and what was interesting when I read these quotes to her, she didn't really have reference for it. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm not sure I understand. Are you saying that God is against us with her eating or we have to use God to help us eat better? She's there was no reference for that. And why that's so awesome to you and I is that we can raise a generation of believers that does not experience the same level of shame and experiences yeah. food in a way that um, is a with God experience. Mm-hmm. It's a with God experience. And yeah. because of some things that she's ha- experienced, she's had, you know, she has really bad eczema and she has a peanut allergy and, you know, she's had to eliminate some foods as a result of allergies, but those are not against her. That's mm-hmm. a with God experience for her. Mm-hmm. And so that's our hope and our, um, and I, not only do I think we can raise a generation like that, I think that we can, as believers, encourage and exhort each other to have the with God experience in yeah. us. I love that. Well, and it just as we close, I'm thinking uh, this isn't my most eloquent sentence ever, but eating doesn't have to be a thing. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, yeah. and I think of your illustration with the tug of war where you yeah. have the client, like, you know, pull on a rope and the food's yeah. not pulling back on the other not side. Like it, it doesn't have back. to be a thing. Yeah. And if it is a thing and you feel like I don't know how to not make it a thing. You might need help. Yeah. And that's yep. okay. And even if everyone else around you is treating food the same way and you think, well, it's not, it's a thing for everyone. So I'm yeah. not special. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone has this right. thing. No, it it's it's okay. You can still go get your thing fixed. Yeah. <laughs> fixed yes. is the right word, but healed, right? Like Jesus, Jesus can touch yes. this part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. 
Uh, Amy, thanks so much for being on the show today and helping us unpack this. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop living. Stop living. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to start that one again. <laughs> I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Woohoo. <laughs> bye bye. The Compare Do Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Network, a Christian podcast. If you're looking for great Christian podcast content, go to lifeaudio.com. Oh, hey there. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration, and I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the TMUS podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.